Welcome to My Journey, the podcast for individuals who are seeking to write their own stories while creating more healthy life along the way. My name is Brian Pickowitz. This is My Journey. And now it's time to start yours. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to My Journey. I am your host, Brian Pickowitz. And I am Lindsay Brago. And we are super excited to have you here for episode number 59 of our podcast. And really excited about this podcast today because we're going to be talking about how to break your bad habits. And we're going to focus on really diving into three distinct topic matters to help you not just get in shape, not just focus on the aspects that are going to help you get fit in 2020, but really make it so you're able to live a more productive, enjoyable, and healthy life. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be talking about fitness habits, productivity habits, and mindfulness habits, just so that you guys have a full understanding of what we're going to dive into and kind of where you will be thinking about how you can pull from what we're saying. Mm, And so here's the thing about habits. A lot of times we talk about changing our mindset. We talk about changing our strategy. Well, I just need a new diet. I just need a new workout plan. Or it's easy to fall back to setting new goals. And I think goals are super important. And that's something we're going to talk about today. But goals are about getting clarity. Mm -hmm. They're not what actually help you take action consistently. Mm -hmm. Whereas habits are really the bedrock to everything that we become. I love the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about every time we make a choice, it's like we're casting a vote for the person that we want to become. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I've found in my life, and that's why it's so important for us to really like cast this out, is I've had a, a lot of bad habits. Mm-hmm. Like I've had some Same. things that like I've really had to work on. It's so fascinating because our habits are really constructed by other people, meaning like a lot of our negative habits are usually built off of our friends, our family, the people that we're around in school, our workplace, like. Our environment, as far as the people we're around, influences our habits so much. And then you're built off of the other environmental aspects of like where you live, the kind of education you get. Like there's so many different aspects that shape who we become. And it isn't, it, and it really, for me, it wasn't until I got out on my own and I started to say, like, what do I want in my life? Like, who do I actually want to become? What are my goals? What are the things I have set for myself? I could see all the habits that were stopping me. And I think our intention, my intention, I know your intention, I'll kick it back to you so you could say your intention. Mm -hmm. But the intention of this podcast is not for us to speak at you, but to show you tangible ways for you to shift your habits so that you can craft the lifestyle that you want. You can make sure that those lifestyle habits are livable right? Like if you want to build a new healthy lifestyle, but that requires you to eat nothing but chicken and broccoli, or that requires you to do hours of training, or it's not in alignment with how you want to live your life, then that's not a lifestyle goal. Mm-hmm. And really by crafting this podcast and, and giving you some tangible things to shift in your life based off of examples that we've seen in our lives and with our clients, we want to be able to just create space for you to take ownership of it in 2020. Yeah. And One thing that I think is really important with this podcast is there are a lot of habits that we just feel like we're at a sticking point with. Mm. Like I know personally I've had some really bad habits, like for example, procrastination. And everybody struggles with procrastination, or at least a lot of people. I posted a Facebook post and I got like 100 comments of you guys (laughs) all saying like, procrastination is my biggest challenge. And it's like you have these habits that it just feels like, 
you're kind of at a loss with how to change them. So mm. you kind of just accept them as they are. And then you become. And then you kind of just become like the person who is always late or the person who just procrastinates until the last minute. And a God, that's my worst habit. But we want to really take even those habits and break them down for you a little bit. And so the exciting thing is right now we have a special gift for you all as you're tuning in. So we have the Fit Habit Guide that we're going to be offering you all. You can get it for free by signing up in the link in the podcast. And you can also check us out on our Instagrams and we'll be giving them to you there too. You can shoot us a message if you really want it, if it's hard for you to find. Yeah. should be simple, should be easy. But if that is the case, we want to make sure that you get it. And what it's going to do is it's going to help you, first off, break down some of the things we talk about today in this more simple basic terms and it's going to give you space for you to craft your vision of what you want in 2020 while aligning on the habits you want to break that are hurting you from getting there right now so we've included a full flow chart for you it's really simple really easy and i'm pretty proud of how it's come together yeah (laughs) it'll be really helpful it'll be really helpful if you resonate with anything that we say or you are even right now like listening to this and thinking of oh my god well if i can learn how to break procrastination or or like build better habits with my fitness like You'll love this guide. It'll mm. help you so much. So with that said. Well, so <laughs> I want to start, we want to start by crafting this space to align on what habits actually are. So there's different theories, but they really all come down to a lot of the same fundamentals. For this, one of the things I've learned in my life and also as a reference using Atomic Habits and the power of habit um, as two reference points in, in, in different books that have helped me I think the first thing to look at is that each habit has a cycle. It has a, a pattern. And the reason why we have habits is because our brain wants to make things easier for us. We are so consumed with with not just data, but information with different things that we're consuming throughout the day. You think about all the decisions that we make in a day. Our brain wants to make those things automatic. So it builds a habit out of it so that we don't have to think about it. You think about how you put on your clothes. You think about how you brush your teeth, how you eat your food, driving. And there's certain habits that we put on, or certain actions rather, that we put on automatic to make it so that we have space for other decisions. Now, when we look at these habits, obviously things like going to the gym like going to the gym is a form of a habit, but it's a less automatic process because mm-hmm. there's more resistance mentally for and physically. you. Well, that's well, what I mean is like when you're there, oh, like yes. it's mentally taxing mm-hmm. to be there and push your body. So there's more resistance to that habit. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not automatically it's appealing. Exactly. So there are levels to this all, but for you listening, the goal is for you to see that there's four main patterns that will allow you to identify your habits and also to shift them too. And there's some examples that we're going to pull from with client interactions and also like our life as we start to get into the weeds. But the first thing is looking at your trigger or the cue. So if you think about someone who smokes, someone who smokes gets triggered or has a cue that is stress, that might be anxiety, that might be just the morning cup of coffee. Like there's something that is a trigger or cue that is going to lead them down that path. Now this works for negative habits and also works for positive habits too. For instance, if you are someone who's used to waking up in the morning and meditating, then your alarm going off, you getting ready and getting set, that's a cue for you to meditate. Now, once we have this cue, 
what happens is we have a craving. So this craving is an urge or desire. And that might come through the form of, if you think about it, like a physical craving, like, okay, I I have this feeling to go to the gym or an internal craving mentally of like, I need to get rid of this anxiety. If you think about someone who smokes, we'll use that as a great example. They have this craving to smoke, but it's also a craving to get rid of stress. Mm -hmm. So it's this two figured kind of beast, if, if, if you will, because you have the physical craving of like, I need to have a cigarette. Like that's the physical action that they're craving, but they're also internally craving something else. Craving a reward. Well, and that, exactly. And that's the last part. But once we have that craving established, then we take the action. And that action is going to be, in this instance, lighting a cigarette, going to the car, right? Like going to the car and having a cigarette. There's so many different things that we do play into. But the cool thing is that as you're going through this process, there's different actions that lead to different actions. So for instance, you think about someone who smokes, they have to then go grab a pack of cigarettes. They have to take out one, they have to light it. And the reason why I'm saying it this way is because there's so many different places in interrupt. Yes. And you can interrupt that pattern. So for me, for instance, I'm going to dive into like one of my habits is I have a habit of getting really stressed. Like I tend to not all the time, but in the past I've had more of a a stressful habit of like being frustrated and like having that bubble up and get like really angry. It's something that I've worked on and I realized there was phases of the habit that I could interrupt at different times. So if I started to see myself breathing heavy or like tapping my foot, then that was a cue that was starting that action and craving that was manifesting into that next action, which might have been me flipping out or me being angry or me acting in some other way. So there's moments where you can interrupt those actions. But we're going to dive into that in a second too. So I want to shift to the last piece. Which is the reward. Exactly. And so the reward is the end goal of any habit. That is the end destination that that cue is automatically looking at. And it's the direction that we're constantly after. So, And often that reward might not even be real. So you might be craving, and I'll use the eating at night example, you're craving or wanting some sense of calm or release or an end of the night like type of like moment like okay the day's over mm. therefore i'm going to drink a glass of wine cuz the day's over i'm wrapping up so you that reward that you're seeking is either like calm or sleep mm. or what you your mind perceives as joy or something that's like positive but then the feeling after is when you don't feel well, right? Yeah. If it's a bad habit. So it's like you have these ideas of what your brain thinks is a reward, but you have to go in and interrupt it mm. and establish, no, that's not a reward. And that's, we'll dive more into that, but yeah. Well, and, that's and a reward. the cool thing is that once you start to see this pattern, it's not about building like the perfect system. It's just being mindful. Like a good example is I had a client who wanted to wake up at 4 a.m. every morning and go to the gym. She was like, I, I don't have any other time and it stresses me out when I can't. Uh, this is Desiree Mayer who was on the podcast. So shout out to Desiree if she's listening or if you listen to that episode, you should definitely go back and listen again. But it was a perfect example because she's like, I want to wake up and work out in the morning, but I have such a hard time because I'll get up and I'll check my phone and then I lay back down. I was like, all right, so when you do that, when you get up, what I want you to do is I want you to put your phone in your gym bag, and then I want you to put a coffee cup next to that. 
because those were two cues. The coffee cup was a cue to go make coffee, and then the bag was a cue to go to the gym. And so you can see that there's different things that you can align. Now, the cool thing, shout out to Desiree again, that helped her change her life completely. She's down 45 pounds. But more importantly, she's in a place where she's been able to create this sustainable, livable life. And that should be the pattern that you're following as you're listening to this, being like, what habits are actually stopping me? And the cool thing is there's physical habits and then there's psychological habits. So there's so many times where we have psychological habits that we're like, oh, I'm just a stressed person or I'm just this kind of person. And once we start to see that a lot of these things are things that we can break down, then we can create new patterns for us to change how we effectively live our lives, not just in our external world, but our internal world too. And so what we want to talk about today is shifting to crafting these new habits so that in this new year and this new decade, like if you think about the new decade as something that's more empowering, like maybe if you think about like, oh, wow, this is the beginning of where I'm going to be in 10 years, then it sets you up to really be empowered to change right now. Because it's not just about, oh, this is a new year, new me. It's like, no, this is a new decade. Mm -hmm. Like, where can I be in 10 years if I create something that allows me to fix myself right now? Mm -hmm. So powerful. And I think that's a great place to start because I think the biggest thing that people want to start doing in 2020 or really any new year is what, guys? Like fitness. Get it's, fit. it's always fitness. It's always something to do with fitness or breaking bad eating habits or this is the year that I'm going to stop, like, I don't know, being lazy or being like, unhealthy. Being unhealthy or all these different things. So we're going to help you do just that <laughs> by diving in with some of our. Fit habits, some of the things that we've established for ourselves. So, I mean, starting with fitness, because we'll get into productivity and mindfulness because those are all components, but the most important thing to establish is that fitness is the baseline habit system, mm. at least for us. Yeah, I think everything flows from how you feel inside your body and about it. Mm -hmm. So it's about the internal health, but it's also the physical presence of what you're doing for yourself. Like this is a deeper journey than weight loss. This is not about losing weight. It's about gaining life. Mm -hmm. And fitness is the thing that from our standpoint gives you that discipline to craft your ideal life. Now I want to kick it to you. So we want to talk about fit habits. And what I really want to hear you dive into first is what was the biggest habit you had to shift in your fitness journey or Maybe a better way, way of putting it is what did you first experience and when did you start to actually align with being fit and healthy? It's a great question that I had to take a pause and think about because I always wanted to be like athletic and fit. And so I think I, I, I craved that so bad that I did some of the actions that might have convinced me that I did, that I was fit and athletic and, and healthy, meaning I did hours of cardio, I restricted my food. Like those were habits that I didn't realize were bad habits. Mm -hmm. Like and and we always try to say like oh it's not bad or good, but that in this case really was a bad habit well, because it was mentally unhealthy as well. well. I would say it was is it detrimental to your progress. Right. Yes, exactly. And I couldn't I couldn't lose weight, I couldn't change my body because I was running it into the ground. So those were bad habits that I had to break. So for, for a lot of people, they have to build habits from scratch, mm. which I think was more of your experience building it. You had some experience, so it was building new habits on top of it. And for me, and for I'm sure a lot of you guys, it's, it's taking a bad habit, it's, breaking it down. It's very fascinating looking at you and I. Yeah. Because like I came from a position of athleticism 
Like, right. And you were athletic in high school. But like, I was an athlete. I was a three-sport athlete. I played college football. Like, I had, quote-unquote, the discipline habit. Like, I would show up to high school before school started and hit, like, 100 baseballs just to get, like, that habit down. But that doesn't mean that my habits were concrete. And, and like, it wasn't optimal, necessarily. Oh, no. Right. And, well, there was a lot of overwhelm. And so it's really fascinating, like, coming from that perspective of, like, I might have had an idea of, like, what to kind of do, but the habits weren't there. Mm. It's like the knowledge might have been there a little bit, but the habit wasn't there. And then for you, it's kind of like you kind of had some of the habit a little bit. Yeah, I had the habit of tracking my food. I had the habit of going to the gym every day, and but they weren't productive. They weren't healthy. They weren't productive. They weren't actually getting me what I wanted. Like, I knew I wanted to be lean, I wanted to have a great body, and I wanted to feel good in my skin and be confident, but, like, the habits I had weren't doing it for me. And so how I really broke that down was the the key point of it was was gaining knowledge. Mm. And I think for a lot of the women that I speak to, a lot of the clients that we have, that's usually the case. Whenever it's, like, a case of, if any of you guys resonate with this, like, shout out, let me know. But you just feel like you go into the gym. There's not quite, like, a reason for it. Mm. And you're just like, okay, well, I'm just, like, running on this hamster wheel because I know that I'm supposed to be in the gym. And I know that I'm supposed to be eating some foods that aren't processed. And so I'm just eating, like, broccoli and chicken, like Brian said. And you're just doing all of these motions and you have these, quote, great habits but they're not actually getting you what you want. So from a knowledge standpoint, it's understanding what you actually have to do in order to get what you want. And it kind of becomes like from that point, at least what I've seen with my clients is once you know, it's a lot easier to break those bad habits and you just have to be reminded. So certain clients that think that they have to restrict their food in order to lose weight when really they get stuck because they're restricting so hard that their body's in starvation It just takes the constant reminder of like, hey, you need to be eating 1,700 calories. You need to be eating more. You need to be making sure that you're going to the gym because if if you're not weightlifting, if you're just trying to run and do an hour of cardio, you're kind of putting your body in a bad state. So it's the constant reminder of like, hey, what I'm doing is, is healthy. This is the right way to do it. I need to trust the process. So once you learn what to do for your body, I almost feel like it becomes easy Mm. to break that bad habit. Yeah. And and rebuild from there. So yeah. that's my those are my thoughts. Yeah, it's seeing that it's seeing that fueling your body for health can also correlate with fueling your body for fitness. Exactly. And so those are like a couple of my just initial thoughts on fixing bad habits. So what about you? So building habits from the from the baseline up. Well, and I would also say that these would correlate either way, but for me my journey was more of like I kind of had no structure to the, the, the habit, but I didn't have, I didn't have, for lack of a better term, any negative habits with it. Like my relationship with food was always solid because I always exercised a lot. So I, I was never in a place where I was trying to lose weight. College was the first time where I was like, all right, I'm going to lose some weight because I wanted to be in amazing shape. And that's how I got into bodybuilding. But I wasn't coming from a place where I had a poor relationship with food. I wasn't coming from a place where I had bad eating habits. My family always ate really healthy. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the habit for me was what do I actually want? And maybe that's more for the 
the person who who feels like they're unmotivated. Mm. So they might not have a consistent habit, but they know that they like go to the gym once or twice a week. Well, what I would say is my story is someone who wants to be in shape but literally doesn't know what to do. Because I was athletic because I ran and I played sports, but when it came to the gym, mm. I had no idea what the hell to do. Mm. I had no idea what the hell to do. You talking about gym anxiety? Like, I had gym anxiety. I was a guy who was 180, 185 pounds, and I'm six feet, so I'm not like, I was athletic based off of like running and doing push-ups. My last year of high school, I asked my parents for Christmas to get me dumbbells because I was like, I want to figure this out. But I didn't know, like I would curl and do like tricep extensions and some like shoulder raises and that was it. Because like I, that was like what I knew Mm -hmm. based off of my anatomy I could do and that seemed to make sense. But I had no idea. And so what changed my life was I actually got clear on what I wanted. I said, okay, what habit do I want to build? I want to go to the gym. The reason why I want to go to the gym is because I am, and this is the truth, I was in college, I was too afraid to play college sports. I was like, well, I am not in the gym, I'm not training, I don't have this athletic prowess, and I'm coming from a D6 school. I had all these limiting beliefs that weren't true, but I told myself I wasn't good enough. And I was like, I sat with that feeling, and I was like, wow, that makes me feel so friggin' weak. Like, I feel like less of the person that I know I am, and I refuse to not show up in my life as that person, so I made the commitment to go to the gym. Mm. And I think that when you have that innate feeling, like, I deserve more for myself, the next step is getting clarity. Mm. And for me, getting clarity was, I want to play college football. I'll do whatever I have to do in order to play college football. It didn't start out as this bodybuilding goal. It started out as, I want to play college football. I want to make the team. I do not want to be the person who looks back 20 years from now and is sitting in a bar and saying, I was pretty good at football. (laughs) I knew that, because that was where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So I shifted my intention and said, I'm going to go to the gym. I don't care what it takes. And the first time I went to the gym, I dropped the weights on my chest. I was so embarrassed. And I remember I went for like a 20-minute workout and I left. I was ashamed. I was like, wow, that was the most embarrassing feeling. But I knew I wanted the habit because I had clarity on what I wanted. Mm. And so the next day, showed up again. I'm just going to go for a run. I'm going like, to get this body in motion. I'll mm. do sit-ups. I'll do some curls. And it was just simply putting myself in the arena. Because if you put yourself in the arena enough times, eventually you're going to get asked to play. Mm. So just putting yourself... In the space where you're forming the habit, even if it might not be the perfect habit yet. Well, that was the first start to that habit. And then I was like, well, I want to learn how to, I want to learn how to get fit. Like I got clear. It's like, I want to be fit. I didn't know, like I didn't want to like gain 25 pounds. Like I didn't have Mm. like this like bodybuilding goal. I was like, I just want to look at my body and feel good about it. I want to look at my body, look at my physique and feel good about it. The next thing happened, someone handed me a bodybuilding Arnold Schwarzenegger magazine. And I said, hey, here's some of his workouts. I followed that to a T. And I had a mentor who I wrote. And I was like, hey, can you give me some feedback? He's like, yeah, write your own workout. And I'll show you what to do. and Or I'll give you like a proofread, essentially. And <laughs> and I wrote my own workout. And I wrote the right people. I got so got knowledge. Because I remember like after working out for like two months, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm going to write someone. I wrote 
Nate Despins, who was on the podcast, who's one of my clients now, but I wrote him and I said, hey, I know you used to bodybuild. Could you give me some perspective? And so I got the knowledge once I built the habit. So Mm. once you build the habit, then you get the knowledge. And that was the way that it worked for us. So just putting yourself in the arena, getting clarity on what you want, because it's like there's a process to this. Like there's a process to you taking action. And to start from the ground up, it's not a matter of discouragement because there's plenty of clients who we've worked with who have started from a position where they've never made it in the gym. Right. And you, you can do them at the same time. Yes. That just wasn't our journey specifically. No. Well, I think, I think that first off, like I 100% think and agree, like, yeah, you don't have to have any background with the gym. You don't need those things. But if you're listening to this, like even if you do want to coach, like even if you're like, you know what, I do want to work with you guys or a trainer or go to CrossFit or whatever, like don't delay putting yourself in the arena. Like mm-hmm. don't delay because you don't have a coach. Like start the process. Go for the walk, do the push-up, start asking yourself what you want because eventually you're going to align on someone or align with someone or get a workout routine or, or follow someone on Instagram. Right. That's what I was going to say. You know what I mean? Like there's endless amounts of ways to get started, but just get started. Yeah. And it comes, it's truly comes in layers. Mm. Like I was telling a client the other day that if, if once you start getting into the gym and you start building these habits, you start to get more curious and you start to fill your mind with different uh, influences that have knowledge for you to pull from. And then you start building your own workouts like Brian did, or you start adjusting towards the body that you want, like I did. And like all these different things formulate off of each other. Mm. So I think that's an important note to make, but what about eating? Do we want to talk about that here? Well, I think that the big thing with eating for me, from my perspective was just starting the process of looking at what I was actually eating. Like meaning tracking my food. Mm. I used to, cause I biggest mistake I made as far as like fitness goes was I came from the belief like, all right, if I'm going to get big, I need to eat all the protein in the world. <laughs> I need to eat all the food. 300 grams. Yeah. And I would, I got, I went from, I went from 180 pounds, 185 pounds to in two and a half years, I was 250 pounds. And in order to compete, I had to lose 55 pounds of mostly body fat because I'd gotten so overweight. Now it worked. I got incredibly strong. (laughs) Like it was great for that season, but I didn't track my food up to that point. I never tracked my food when I was gaining weight. Mm. I was just like, am I gaining weight? Am I like lifting stronger? Am I getting enough protein? I didn't think about it. I didn't ever track it. And then once I started tracking it, I realized like, oh, wow, like this is so much easier for me to eat healthy. It started to actually give me an idea of what I was putting into my body. Because before that, I would eat like cans of corned beef ash. Like it was the... (laughs) Yeah, yum is right. I remember I'd have breakfasts when I was trying to get big. I would eat a can of corned beef hash. I would have a half cup of oatmeal. I would have... Eggs? Six egg whites. Seriously, and, six eggs. It's like, jeez. I would have, at the same time, I would still have like a scoop of protein. It's a lot of food. That's one meal. It's a lot of food. And I, But I didn't know because I wasn't knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And then it took me connecting with the right person, Nate Tebow. Mm-hmm. It 
took me connecting the like getting the knowledge because I started working as a nutritional advisor mm-hmm. and then I started like oh wow like I'm not doing this the right way mm-hmm. how can I do this the right way and that's what actually allowed me to start crafting what would become like my passion right because it's like oh wow like I'm close it's like the person who like meal preps and the person who, like, follows someone on Instagram and they do the recipe, but they're not actually, like... Like, they organized. Well, they don't it. understand it. Yeah. And it's not that you need a PhD in nutrition in order to understand what you're putting into your body. But once I realized that I could eat food that I enjoyed and still see progress, like, everything changed because then it wasn't a, it wasn't a brutal process to lose weight. Mm. And for... To go back to the so that can I jump in one more yeah. second? So the habit specifically, if you feel like you're in a position where you might have at least a healthy diet, but you're not eating in alignment with your goals, is to track your food. And that's a great segue into what I was going to say about nutrition. Just a quick note, because ladies, we probably don't have that problem of like trying to eat until we get as big as possible. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> and with the... Gains. Right. And <laughs> just goes to the booty. Just sit down and eat. That's a great <laughs> myth. But anyway, so as far as the layers go, and build, this is like specifically for nutrition, because once I gain the knowledge that I need to actually eat my food, <laughs> eat more food, mm. eat more f- food to fuel my body, then there was all the other habits to attack. So most people think that like, oh, I'm just a snacker, so, like, that's the habit that I need to fix. Mm. But it's really, like, are you trying to snack on food so you don't have to have a big meal because you think that your calories need to be lower? Because And if anybody experiences that, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Because um, if you're under-eating or trying to push off eating, I guess, till later, then you might be more of a snacker. Like, just, oh, I just like to eat small meals, for example. And so that's a habit that you have to rework once you get the knowledge of like, oh, I just need to eat more. Like my body will respond once I eat higher calories. And so that's something to think about. So you might be calling out some of your quote like bad eating habits and those will still have to be undone or reworked mm-hmm. once you have the knowledge. So yeah. just be aware that it's not all going to come at the same time. You get the knowledge and then you start working like, hey, what are the habits that are not helping me with this newfound knowledge? Mm. And maybe that means something I've struggled with in the past is like, Lindsay, eat big, full meals. Like stop trying to eat these tiny little meals because that was a bodybuilding habit. Mm. Eat seven times a day. It's like, mm. That takes up so much time. Mm. It's 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 not like it's a bad thing as long as you're eating the right amount of food. But for a lot of people, that's not conducive to a lifestyle, and it certainly isn't for me or my productivity. I do better with three big meals. One thing I would love to hear you talk about is being a stress eater, because I think that that's yeah. something that it's like that's one thing that we want to talk about in, in its right space is like habits follow identity. So it's like if you someone you hear someone who's like oh. I am an alcoholic or someone who says I do not drink like their identity is what shapes their behavior so someone who is going to quit like if you hear someone like you say oh I'm trying to quit drinking or trying to quit smoking or I'm trying not to eat that like they're less likely to follow through on that action than someone who says I don't do that like I don't do that and so I say that because a lot of times it's like oh I'm a stress eater Mm -hmm. oh I get I'm a boredom eater 
oh, I'm a late night snacker. And we create all these labels for ourselves Mm -hmm. that hold us in boxes that keep our identity from moving forward. Mm-hmm. And and so one of the things you've talked about in the past is like stress eating or like when you weren't productive at school, you would like f- find something to eat. And, yeah. and how did you get to addressing the root cause? Well, I basically had to learn how to actually address the problem, which was the stress. And there's a lot of different ways that you can handle it when you do notice. It takes a noticing that you are stress eating. Like, oh, I get stressed. And then having the moment to pause and say, okay, I'm eating because I'm stressed and you'll start to notice it more and more. And once you notice it, then you can actually like interrupt. And you can start attacking that problem or that um, moment where you make the choice to eat. So in that case, you can start replacing the action of eating with something that relieves your stress. Mm, I think, can I jump in? Yes. I think it's so important to look at the next piece, and that's a good segue, of what's actually stressing you out. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that from our journey, like segueing from the fitness aspect, is the actual productivity in our business, the productivity in our life, and what has allowed us to actually not just become great coaches, but allowed us to actually become really successful entrepreneurs. And I say that as this can be something that you attach to your work life, this can be something you attach to your personal life, like whatever you feel like you have something that you're challenged within a productive area or an area of productivity, there's some simple habits that I think help reduce that stress. And from my perspective, like these are the things that have shifted my life the most. I know that talking to you, the biggest challenge for a lot of clients is not the fitness as much as it is the implementation. Right, the time. The time. Making the time. Everyone talks about how they don't have time. And it's valid, especially when you don't know where your time is going or when you don't know how to craft your time or when you're so overwhelmed that all you want to do is not address what you're doing with your time. Mm -hmm. And from my perspective, like I was so, so unapologetically awful with my time. Like I unapologetically, unapologetically used to like say like, I don't need to keep a schedule. I don't need to do things because that's what helps me do things more optimally. Because if I don't make a schedule, then I can just like think about it and da da da. And then I started having people who were responsible for me or sorry, that I was responsible for. I started having, I had like one summer had like 12 clients at a time. I had so many people who had to depend on me having my shit together that for me not to have mine affected so many other people. Mm-hmm. And so between that, between being overwhelmed, between not necessarily knowing how to overcome some of the mental things that I had. Like for me, I had a lot of anxiety. Not just because, really, if I'm being honest, the anxiety came from starting a business. My anxiety came from starting a business, knowing that I didn't have the financial support to like fall back on. Like my parents were both in a position where they couldn't support me. They couldn't support themselves. And so I had so much anxiety about trying to provide for them, trying to provide for myself, trying to get out of the situation I was in. Like I was living in a town of 750 people with no idea how to create a business. And it was just me. And that gave me so much anxiety, so much overwhelm. And so the thing that I did in order to shift my habits in that area was I started a morning routine. And it wasn't a massive process. All I started to do is I I think I still, I still, yeah, we're looking at it. I still have the whiteboard. It's followed us 
<laughs> for the last three years from New Hampshire, from from Hill, New Hampshire to Manchester, New Hampshire to Los Angeles, and now to Dallas. I would sit and I had my yearly goals let on the right side, my monthly goals in the middle, and then I would have my daily actions that would help me reach those monthly goals. And every morning, I would sit on my bed, and I would look at that whiteboard, and I would say, what are the goals I have to hit today? And it wasn't a massive list. It wasn't 25 things. It was the top five things. What are the top five things that will make today a win? And by doing that in that five minutes, and then sitting there and meditating for three, I was able to center myself so I could actually start having productive days Mm. and get through the overwhelm of not having enough time to manage my business, not having enough time to prep my meals, because I was in bodybuilding prep, not having enough time to go to the gym, not having enough time to train clients. Like there were so many things that I had to do in a day and I had to manage my time. Mm -hmm. And so the first step wasn't going and crafting a massive schedule. It was what is the most important thing for me to do right now in this moment today that will lead me to this next step. And I think that the fear of doing uh, any kind of routine like that is that it will take away from your life. Like, oh, I don't want to wake up earlier for that. Or I don't want to do something and then not see a reward from it. But by crafting a simple morning routine, it will drastically shift the way that you show up in your life because now you know what you're going after. It's amazing how different our stories are on that front too, how different our perspectives are. Because if you are, I have clients who are very anxious and in a state of overwhelm at often. And the what Brian said the idea to break it down to like five things or three things or even just one thing that has to get done today is so effective. It is so drastically effective to making you feel successful, to making you sure that you actually get your stuff done and just for your own peace of mind throughout the days. Like that's a really great place to start, I would agree. And my perspective, I have a very different mind. So Brian has a very... very very <laughs> Brian has a very visual mind, like big picture, like can see the grand scheme of things, which is also makes sense why he gets why he used to get overwhelmed because he could see like the big vision and I just want to flow through things. And then he had to like lock himself into three to five things mm. per day versus my brain. That's and, a really astute observation. Thank I've you. I heard you make that. Thank you. And with my brain, I see a thousand numbers at a time and timelines and to-do lists and organizational techniques. And like, I see all of these different things in my brain. And so for me, the way that I took my 40 item to-do list, um, and made it manageable was what helped my productivity the most. Cause I had like, we all have different seasons of this and phases of this, but I'm just going to cut to the end of my journey so that you guys don't have to listen to the drawn out, but understand that it takes practice and steps to get to this point. So the ultimate thing that helped with my productivity, that was a habit, was to sit down every single Sunday and write my never-ending to-do list and then segment it into days. So everybody and their that mother... That is called a schedule. That is called a schedule, <laughs> but it's an effective schedule because everybody and their mother tries to write their whole to-do list and check off as many things as possible per day mm. instead of being like, okay, Monday I have three hours. What can I actually accomplish in three hours and what matters? Like people will also like 
prioritize as well as like a tactic, but they never put the prioritization and the to-do list together and put it into their schedule. I hope that that makes sense. So the thing that I've done that's so very helpful is to sit down once a week. That's the habit, even if it's not a super easy habit to adapt to. um, That's the habit. And I sit down and I write out the to-do list, second habit. Third habit, I segment it into days. What can I actually accomplish? What's productive? What matters the most? Stacking those things appropriately and then setting up my week Mm. in that way. And you have to be like that when you have a business because otherwise you're just flying by the seat of your pants and you're all over the place. And if you're someone who has a mom who goes to school, who has a job, who does all these different things, if you are living without a schedule, no freaking wonder that you're overwhelmed and unproductive. My Mm. goodness. How the hell are you? You think you're just going to find an hour somewhere to go to the gym? No, absolutely not. So take ownership of your schedule like Brian did. And if it helps you to to write down like a few things that have to be done each day in the craziness of your life, that's one way. And then if you have more of a brain like me, actually sit down and take the hour and a half on Sundays to map out your whole week and what you can accomplish in a week. And you'll find so much extra space. Well, and that's something that I've done now for the last year, year and a half, and it's changed everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I think, too, it's seeing seeing a schedule is not being a prison. I used to think that a schedule meant that I couldn't do things or if something happened that I mean I was overwhelmed and I was going to be unproductive or, like, whatever I would put in my mind. But Ruin everything. Yeah, and I also (laughs) started, I think, crafting different days for different themes is really helpful when Mm -hmm. you're starting off. So if you're someone who's like, oh, well... I need to get these projects done for my business or I need to get these projects done for my my work or whatever. Starting to segment those days for yourself and be self-motivated in what you can actually do. Mm -hmm. So if it's like on a Monday, maybe that's your day to go to the gym. Maybe Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are your self-care days. And then you structure everything else around that. I think seeing that as like a stepping stone is so huge. Mm -hmm. And then so... If we're talking about productivity, reducing overwhelm, make your list, even if it's... So I think that this is a good a good way to articulate it. Someone who is responsible for themselves and how they spend their time, make a schedule. Mm-hmm. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're working for yourself... If you're autonomous in your work. Yes. Someone who works a job, someone who is having some of their structure given to them by someone else like a boss or an empo- like a place of employment, just make your list of what matters the most for you. Because, and then block that out. Yeah, because those are the things that are actually going to like be something that you're in charge of. Like right. you might not always be in charge of your schedule. Not everyone is. So be in charge of the things that you do with the time that you have, mm-hmm. and that will become a much more effective way. It's like I have a client who is 45, 47, and we're talking today, and he's in sales. So he's like, most of my day kind of, it's hard for me to make a schedule because a lot of my days are the same. Like I am doing the same things. I'm calling leads, I'm prospecting, I'm doing sales calls, I'm delivering the product. I was like, okay, what what do you need to do for yourself? Like, or just set the goal in that morning. Like I want to like figure out like how many prospects you have to write in order to make your numbers. And by doing those things and having those organized, then you have a target for your day. Be like, okay, I need to write 15 people. I need to have 25 calls. I need to go to the gym. 
I need to call and get my house appraised so I can sell it. That was literally the example from today. And I but, was like, that's random. <laughs> but those are the things that you can do. And I think that having those two ideas of what fits in for you is one of the most simple ways to set your morning and really direct towards where you want to be. And note, that is the key to over, well, overcoming procrastination. Mm. If you procrastinate with going to the gym and you push it till the end of your week, or if you procrastinate with cooking until the last possible moment and it stresses you out, scheduling all this stuff in is what will give you your freedom and your sanity. Mm. Yeah, Truly. I do agree. You have to schedule your workout time. Because mm-hmm. like when, pe- when I talk to people, it's like, make up your mind if you're going to train in the morning or at night. Beforehand. And do not just, wait. And just stick to it. Yep. And, and here's the cool thing. If you can't stick to it, there's seven days out of the week. And you, it's okay. You have... 52 weeks in a year Mm -hmm. and you have literally 85 years of your life true so if you miss one workout you have literally thousands of days to make that up Mm -hmm. like and that's not me just like selling crap and saying that it's amazing like right like it's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not like me being like oh well hey like that's a really good sales gimmick like that's the truth Mm -hmm. like there's times where i don't want to go to the gym Mm -hmm. there's times where like this week i was sleeping like absolute crap i was getting like five hours of sleep for a couple nights because i couldn't sleep so one day i was like you know what i'm gonna sleep for that extra hour and a half that i would typically go to the gym and i'm just gonna get my rest because that's a better roi of my health than being hardcore and going to the gym so keep that in mind like the schedule if if something happens that's where you need some grace like Mm -hmm. if life happens grace If it's your problem, show up and go to the gym. Give yourself a little discipline and follow through on your actions. Mm -hmm. Now, lastly, we want to talk about ways to de-stress and reduce anxiety. And we're going to slap a label on that called mindfulness because Mm -hmm. I think that mindfulness is the ability to observe our feelings and emotions in real time. And that's one of the most crucial ways to truly understand how we're feeling when we're starting to feel stressed or overwhelmed or anxious. Mm -hmm. And I want to kick it to you. I was going to kick it to you. Well, you can't, if I'm the one who's kicking, you can't kick it and kick it back to me. Okay. I've been kicking for a long time. Like I've been just like dribbling the ball here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to kick it to you. What has been one of the best ways, best, what is the best habit that you have crafted that has helped you to de-stress and become more mindful with your time? It's definitely a practice that I've done since I was younger, probably like 11. And that's like, drum roll, that is um, journaling. And journaling is something that I think seems more daunting than it needs to Mm, be. Yes. And I think I've never seen it as daunting only because I've done it for so long and I've always written just like my feelings or what I'm thinking what about or legit when I first thought of like starting a journal, I thought that had to be like a diary and I had to like <laughs> I had to like write out like Lewis like, like Lewis no Lewis and Clark style like oh on today's voyage of like like not literally like that, but like I, voyage it, of life. Yeah, I just I thought I always had to document like my oh, life in it. Yeah. And it seems so overwhelming. So I can I can resonate with what you just said. About it being daunting, yeah. And journaling just allows you to... You can think of it as just a method to sort your thoughts. Mm. Like, one of the girls that went to the retreat, she just started brain dumping daily. 
meaning writing out every single thought that she had in her head because she'd have all these thoughts swirling around about all the different things she had to do. And it wasn't necessarily writing out a to-do list. It was just like, like here are all my thoughts on a piece of paper. That's journaling. Still Mm. journaling. If you put it in a book, if you put it in a document on your computer, wherever you put it, that's journaling. And something I do every morning pretty much is I just write out, like, I just, I have a blank Word doc on my computer, that's my preference, but you might have, like, a nice notebook and say, what is today for? Mm. What is my intention? What matters? How do I feel this morning? Like, if you wake up, know those mornings when you wake up and you're, like, already done with the day because you're just really stressed? It happens. Or you're ready for the day. One or the other. Let's let's be, like, the positive. Positive in, Yeah. (laughs) So if you, whether you're in a great state or a, or a not so great state, just by sitting down and saying like, Hey, how do I feel right now? Like, let's check in. Like if you do yoga, it's like mind, body, spirit check. But when I'm writing, I'm just like, how do I feel right now? Like, okay, I'm feeling this way because blah, 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 blah. Oh, well maybe I could shift that by, blah, blah. Mm. and then you just start going. And so that's where you get to. But if you're at a point where you've never done this before, you just start by saying what matters today? And that's what you write. And maybe you say, what am I grateful for? What, what, what's awesome about my life? Mm. And that's a journaling practice in and of itself. But that just allows you to set yourself up so that you're like, you know what's important. And if the day gets away from you, you can draw back to that initial like intention. And then at the end of the day, if you so desire to, you could look back and say, hey, did I do that? Awesome. Good for me. And that's just something that always makes you feel successful. It makes you feel like... You have your life together, (laughs) and if you don't, you can reassess and figure out what's going on. So it's just a place for you to check in and and observe yourself before you're really in the moments of the day. Mm. It's so fascinating you say that because I journal multiple times throughout the day. Like one thing I've started to do recently is I'll have like different check-ins with myself throughout the day. I love that. So like like today I had like, today was a busy day for me. So I had about eight different targets that I had to hit in order for today to be a win. Um, unfortunately, the Patriots did not win. so it That was, was a target? That wasn't a personal target, but it would have made today feel a little bit better. Oh. <laughs> and uh, as I was getting done the second half of the day, I was like, ah, you know, I still have some other things I need to knock out. And it was making me feel not anxious, but it was like, ah, I just know I have these lingering things. What are they actually? Like, what are the actual things that will make the rest of the day a win? And I think just writing them down, same thing, journaling them out and being like, what, what's essential? What is the essential target is so, so important. Mm-hmm. And so that's a physical way to do it. But I know that you have a way that's, um, it's almost before journaling. So what was your most productive thing that you've done for your mindfulness? So for me, I have meditated Every day, except maybe like, and I'll describe like what I mean, but there's small lapses of my mindfulness and I've meditated every day at least for the last four, four and a half years. That's also a good note. You'll start to, with these habits, you'll start to observe lapses. Mm, And when they lapse, you will realize that things are not what you want them to be. And they (laughs) feel like they're falling apart and you're like, oh, my essential habits have dissipated. Mm, Like if I don't go, if I don't go to the gym. Or if like, like yeah. when when if I don't move my body in the morning, it doesn't have to be going to the gym. I might just be going for a walk, maybe going for a run, stretching, stretching. Sorry. Like for me, I really love crushing a, a lift every day, even if it is like I said, like 
and I'll say like a lift or a workout, like it might just be 30 minutes of a run. That's why I love running so much around here in Dallas. Couldn't do that in LA. But if I don't move my body, I don't feel the same in everything else I do. Or a better articulation if it's like, if I can go one or two days without it, if I hit that third day, same. Oh, it's it's totally different. And then I'll just be like, why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. Oh, my habits are garbage right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing the things I need to do. So and true. the thing is, is these habits are literally what allow you to show up as the person you want to be. A cool thought for you as you're listening is, how does the person that you want to be act? What habits does that person have? Because you might not have the same body, the same ha- like the same physical habits right now. You might not have the same relationship or the same amount of money. But whatever it is that you want to produce in your life, think of that that person, you, 10 years from now, 5 years from now, a week from now. Like what does that person do? And then go do that. Because that's how you get there. And so for me, when I don't meditate, I rationalize it to myself. Like, oh, I don't have the time for this. Or this is not productive because I had like a bad week of whatever and I need to stop this habit and be more productive. But when I do not meditate, I am a totally different person. I feel less productive. I'm more stressed. I don't handle myself as well. I validate. Like, And it's so fascinating because like for me, I value being peaceful so much. Like I do not want to be an angry person. And and for me, I've spent my whole life as that character. Like, I deal with that, and that's just the truth. And I'm, I'm fascinated with people who don't want to wear that mask. Like, for whatever reason, I even feel like a little judged to saying that. Like, you know, I'm not the most peaceful person all the time. And it's fascinating when I talk to my clients, because a lot of my clients are women. They're, they're, they're people who are typically not as aggressive. And just because I'm a person who has that part of me doesn't mean that I'm always walking around that way. It's just sometimes I don't know how to deal with myself because that's a habit that I've built since I was a kid. And it's also like the environment that I grew up in was really angry. And it's like deciding that that's not something I want to hold on to and taking the action to free myself from that habit is what creates what I want in my life. So for me, I started meditating because I was anxious I was dealing with a tremendous amount of pain in my life and there was so much trauma in my space between what I was seeing and what I was observing that I was like, I need to find a way through this. Like, I need to find some way to get myself into a space where I know that I'm comfortable with myself and that's what meditation did. Meditation was me sitting with myself and not judging anything, not judging. And what I mean by judging something, I mean like I would have a thought of like, well, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. Or like, I'm tired of being in this relationship, tired of being with these people. I do not want to live this life. I do not want to be like them. I do not want to be in this space a year from now. I have this massive dream and I want to go after it and not necessarily feel like I had to address those thoughts head on because some of them were productive but some of them were also destructive. I talked about this at your event. I think it's very fascinating because like when I first started my business, I had people who made memes about me. I had people who bullied me. I had people who went to some of my clients' places of work and said, why are you working with him? Because the place that I had grown up in was not used 
to people stepping out of that shell. And I was like, I'm 21. I'm going to start my own company. And, and it was me starting a company. It wasn't, I'm a small business owner who's going to like open a gym. Nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't my intention. It's like, I want to build a business. I want to go compete in bodybuilding. I want to move to Los Angeles and I want to live my dream. And I was going to go after it. And so there was so much like external threat that I almost for a while built up the wall that there was no internal threat. And by building up that hard wire, the truth was that there was an internal threat and I had to find a way to work with that. And that's what meditating did. So for me, I meditate every day. It helps me center myself. It makes me... The cool thing about meditating in the morning is it's something that comes out throughout the day. So there's times like where I should be like, oh, that thing really set me off. Like that thing, like whatever it was, whatever happened, like something might not go in my way. And I'm able to compartmentalize that. Not close off the emotion, but observe the feeling and then step beyond it. And so if you're someone who gets stressed, gets overwhelmed, you have stress in your life, whatever it is, or you're trying to take that next step forward, meditation will change your life. And now we're talking to everybody because everybody has stress. Exactly. So the thing is, is like, these are all fitness aspects. These are all fitness habits. These are all things that will improve your quality of life because fitness is not just about your body. It's not just about having abs. It's not just about losing weight. It's about everything that you do for yourself that improves your quality of life. Mm-hmm. And, your well-being. And when you look at that from a position of what you're actually doing for you and who you're becoming, there's something from this that you can take and implement into your life. And my last piece is that If you're looking to change your habits and you want to become the person who is fit, then start doing the things that that person does. Put yourself in the arena and start small. Like literally listen to this podcast, hit pause if you're driving. And when you don't do this literally while you're driving, disclaimer, do not do this while you're driving. But when you get out of the car, go do five pushups. If you're listening to the gym, crash a workout. If you're sitting in your car and you're thinking about going to the gym today, show up at the gym. If you're listening to this while you cook, maybe don't eat that extra handful of almonds or that extra handful of chocolate chips, which I 110% do whenever Lindsay puts chocolate chips in the house (laughs) and I have to put it in a little box and take them out of the bag and put them up in the cupboard. That is one of my ways of removing the habit of wanting a million chocolate chips at all times. And it works. Whatever it is, do something productive today to shape who you want to be in the next year, in the next decade. Because you can do it. Like, we've done it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not about, like, look at what we've done. It's just, I want to empower you because I just believe in it. Absolutely. I think that's a great, I, that I don't have anything else to add to that. Come I think that's on. perfect. Come on, You know my saying. If you know you can. Then you will. And so on that note, thank you all for tuning in. If you love this podcast, please share it with a friend and download our Fit Habit Guide. You can grab it in the bio here. And at the same time, you can connect with us on Instagram, 
LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere where you are consuming content, I can 99.7. Specifically? Yeah, I don't think we're doing like TikTok. I'm a twit. I'm a. I tweet a little bit. Uh, I'm a Twitter. So Sorry. So those are the like little percentages. Mm. They stack up. That's okay. But connect with us on Instagram. Connect with us on social media, and just embrace this season of your life and realize that you're going in a beautiful direction. That's what we want for you. That's what's exciting about this all is that you have a say in it. And and last of all, Lindsay and I have an amazingly exciting announcement next week. So tune in. It's a special surprise. You're going to hear about it more on the next podcast, and you'll probably hear on it hear about this before the podcast even comes out. You probably see it on social. Yeah, so stay tuned. It's going to be going to be something really exciting that we're going to be launching for 2020, and mm-hmm. we're super pumped to bring it to you all. Yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's going to be amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And leave us a review on iTunes if you love this podcast. Lastly, though. Just remember to continue to shine on, be a light, and inspire others to believe more. Thanks, we'll guys. We'll see you all. See ya. Thank you for tuning in today to My Journey. I hope this episode brought some value and light into your life. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and shout us out on your Instagram stories so we can share this message with as many people as possible. And if you're ready to start your own journey, reach out to me at brianpickwitz.com forward slash start. And until next time, thank you again. And remember, the journey starts with you. I'll see you guys.